In this series, we're looking at the not commandments of Jesus. The things that Jesus commanded his followers to not do. And one of those commands was to not fear. Do not fear. But what do you do when you are caught in a storm and you are saturated with fear? One of the things you don't do is you don't do what the disciples of Jesus did. You see, one night when the disciples of Jesus were caught in a storm, they absolutely failed the do not fear test. They absolutely failed. You see, Jesus had just finished feeding 5,000 people with just two fish and five loaves of bread. And because of that miracle, now the people wanted to make Jesus their king. Man, this is a king who feeds us. So they wanted to crown Jesus as king. But Jesus didn't come to be an earthly king. And so he left the crowd and he hiked up a mountain to pray. But just before he left, he took his disciples to the lake. He put them in a boat. He shoved them out into the water. And he said, sail to Bethsaida. And that's where we want to pick up the story in Mark chapter 6. Listen to this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up alone on the mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he, Jesus, was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them about the fourth watch of the night. And he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them. He said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid or do not fear. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. Now, this very same story is told in Matthew, Mark, and John. So today, I want to pull details. Details from, details from all the disciples. They get into this boat and they, they start rowing. They start doing what Jesus asked them to do. Go to Bethsaida. They start rowing. Suddenly a storm blows in and pushes them out into the middle of this lake. They strain at the oars, but the wind is so strong that they can't get back on course. They can't get back to shore. And so they strain and they struggle against the wind and against the waves until night comes. And now it's completely dark. They're still stuck in the storm in the middle of the lake, and they're doing this. Everybody do like this. It's Canyon Hills aerobics. Amen? All right? <laughs> so they're all doing this, and they're getting tired, and they're stuck, and nothing is changing. Listen close. When does fear strike? When you're in the middle of the storm, when does fear strike? Well, first of all, write this down. It strikes when a storm hits, when you can't see where to go. You just can't see. Some storm, some situation blows into your life, and no matter how hard or how long you struggle, you're still in the middle of it. The situation is so dark, you can't see which way to go. You don't know which way to turn. You are literally lost. You are lost. And then fear begins to rise up in you and begins to saturate every part of you. The Bible says this, by now it was dark. Here they are in the middle of the lake, storm is raging, and now it's dark. 
How many of you have ever been in a place that's absolutely, completely dark? No light. Anybody? Maybe in a cavern, a cave somewhere? Absolute dark? You know, we have access to light most everywhere. Smartphones have flashlights. We've got, we've got light everywhere. But 2,000 years ago, in the middle of a lake with storm clouds above, absolutely dark. Fear struck. Second, fear strikes when a storm hits and you don't have the strength to go on. You can't see where to go and you don't have the strength to go on. Maybe you've been rowing and rowing just trying to make progress in your storm. But maybe you're still stuck right in the middle of your storm. And now you've been going at it so long, your strength is fading. You don't have much left. The Bible says this. The boat was in the middle of the lake. They were way off course. They'd rowed all afternoon, and now it's night, it's dark, and their strength is going away. Have you ever experienced a storm like that? One that kind of hit you and came in and blew you way off the course that you'd planned on being on? You're working hard and you're trying to get back on course, but you're still stuck in a scary situation. And now you don't have much strength left. Fear strikes when a storm hits and you can't see where to go and, and you don't have much strength left to go on. And then write this down. And when you're strong, but the storm is stronger. The storm that you're in is far stronger than you. Fear saturates your entire soul when you finally realize that the storm is stronger than you. The Bible says this, they were tossed around and battered, and the word battered means injured by waves. Can you imagine the storm waves coming over the bow of the boat and the boat rocking and the, the wave hits one guy and knocks him over and he breaks his arm and he hits his head? They were battered. They were injured by the waves. Then the Bible says the waters grew rough. Well, the Greek word for the words the waters grew rough is megas. And the word megas is where we get the word mega. So they were in the middle of the lake in a mega storm. And I know that some of you are probably right now caught in what feels like a mega storm. One that's, that's far stronger than you. And fear begins to set in. Next, fear strikes when a storm hits and you are straining, but you're failing. You're giving it all you've got. You're straining, you're struggling, but you just can't seem to make progress. You can't make it back to shore. You can't get to a, a safe place. Your best efforts are failing. The Bible says this. They were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. Maybe some of you feel that way, like, like you're in serious trouble. You're struggling, but you're still failing. And I don't know what storms maybe you're facing this morning, but I do know that when we are caught in any storm, we are tempted to think that our God doesn't know what's going on. We're tempted to think that our God has no idea of what we're facing. But nothing is further from the truth. The truth is this, every time you're in a storm, God does at least four things for you. And these are the same things that Jesus did for his disciples. What does Jesus do for victims of a storm? Well, listen, 
he prays to the Father and asks him to help. Did you know that, that Jesus, your Savior, your Lord, God Almighty, who came in the flesh, is praying for you? He is literally praying for you. Write that down. In fact, he prays for you even before you hit the storm or the storm hits you. Jesus was up in the mountain praying for his disciples because he knew a storm was coming. And he actually sent them into the storm anyway. Listen close now. Jesus knew there was a crisis coming, but Jesus also knew that a miracle was coming. Jesus wanted to teach his disciples that they could trust him to help them in any storm of life. And he was praying before the storm ever hit them. I think that's one of the great lessons of Job. Remember Job, Old Testament? Job had done nothing wrong in his life, and yet in one day he lost all of his children, all of his livestock, his house, and his health. Job had no idea what was going on. Felt like he had done nothing wrong, and, and all of that hit him. And maybe some of you feel that way. You don't feel like you've done anything wrong, but here you are in the middle of a storm. The bottom line is this. You and I, we're just not going to understand some of the storms that come and, and blow into our lives and hit us until we get to heaven. But you can know this. Jesus is praying for you before the storm even hits you. And he's praying for you as the storm hits you. Now follow me close. God knows everything that's going to happen. He knows your past. He knows your present. He even knows your future. He knows that all at once. He's omniscient. He's our all-knowing God. He already knows what's going to happen in your life. That's why you'll never hear God go, Wow, I didn't know that was going to happen to them. <laughs> Whoops, that surprised me. You're never going to hear God say stuff like that. God is never surprised, and he's already praying for you before that storm ever hit you. He's interceding to the Father before the storm even hits. Jesus says this, I have prayed for you that you will not lose your faith. That's what he said to Peter right after he says, Peter, here's what you're going to do. You're going to deny me three times. But Jesus had already prayed for Peter in the storm that was about to hit Peter's life. Jesus is praying for you concerning the next storm that's about to hit you. And I want you to think about that. Well, what is Jesus doing in heaven? Him and the angels, they just playing dominoes? What, what, are they playing cards? What, what are they doing in heaven? No, Jesus is there and he's interceding for you to the Father. The Bible says this, who condemns us? Not Christ Jesus who died and was then raised back to life and is now at the right side of God interceding for us. Jesus is there praying for you. He's collecting all of your requests that you pray. He's collecting all of the requests of others who are praying for you. And he's taking all of those requests and adding to them his own and taking them all into the throne room of God the Father. And there he's interceding and praying for you. Father, look at what they're going through. Father, help them. So what does Jesus do when, he, when you're caught in a storm? He prays for you. But then second, get this, he watches you. 
He's got his eyes on you. It's kind of like this, right? But when I do that, you think, oh, he's a condemning God. You know, he's just watching for you to mess up. But no, he's a loving God who has his eyes on you because he loves you. He cares about you. The Bible says this. He saw the disciples straining at the oars. They were straining, and he saw that. I mean, Jesus was on the mountaintop. They were out in a dark, dark lake. How in the world could Jesus see them? Well, he's God, amen? He could see them, and he was watching them. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, and he sees when you're straining. He sees when you're struggling. You need to know God knows every detail of your life. He sees it. He pays attention to every detail. God even knows when you got bad breath, amen? God knows when you didn't get enough sleep. God knows when your stomach is upset. He knows when you're freaked out because God is watching you. Not to condemn you, not to put you down because you messed up, because he loves you. Job said, God sees everything I do. He counts every step I take. What does Jesus do in your storm? He prays for you. He's got his eyes watching you. And then next thing he does is he comes to you. I love this about Jesus. The Bible says about the fourth watch of the night, he, Jesus, went out to them. He went out to them, walking on the lake. So this storm has blown them off course. They're in this raging storm, and it's dark. They can't see. They're exhausted. Their strength is gone. Some of them are, are injured. The boat's filling up with water. They're just about done. Then Jesus comes, comes to them, walking on the water. In their moment of desperation, Jesus comes. So what does Jesus do in, when you're in a moment of desperation? The same as he does with the disciples, he comes. And I love that about Jesus. He doesn't wait for you to get to him because you sometimes are so down and depressed and stuck in your storm that's too strong for you that you can't even get to Jesus. So Jesus comes to you, amen? And he gives you peace. He gives you comfort. What a God we have. So listen, you may feel abandoned right now, but you're not. You're not. Jesus says this. I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. So how does Jesus come? Well, he comes walking on top of the very thing that's threatening to sink you. And what was threatening them? It was the waves. But Jesus comes to them walking on top of the waves, the storm that was threatening their lives. So listen, Jesus wants you to know that whatever is over your head is under his feet. Amen? Whatever is over your head is still under his feet. When Jesus finds you in a storm, he comes to you. And then he comes to calm you. When Jesus comes, he's not coming as a man. He's coming according to who he is. He's coming into your storm as, as God Almighty. That's who he is. The Bible says this, when the disciples saw him, Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, 
Take courage. It's me. Do not be afraid. Don't be fearful. Listen, maybe you're in a storm right now. And I don't know what storm you might be in. Maybe it's a financial storm. But if that's your storm, you don't need a job. You need Jesus. If that's your storm, you don't need a new financial plan. You need a person. If that's your storm, you don't need a new system. You need a Savior. If, if, that's, your, if that's your storm, you don't need a new goal. You need God Almighty himself. You see, all the human plans in the world weren't going to stop the waves and the wind. All of their plans and all their work and all their straining wasn't going to stop their storm. What they needed was Jesus. And that's who you need when you're in a storm. Amen? You need God Almighty to come to you and to calm your storm. So what does Jesus do when you're caught in a storm? He prays for you. He keeps his eyes on you. He comes to you. Then he speaks to you and he calms you. That's what Jesus will do for you when you are caught in a storm. But now he wants you to do some things. What do you do when you're caught in a storm? What should you do? What is it that he really wants you to do? Well, first of all, out of his mouth was this. Write it down. Take courage. Take courage knowing that Jesus knows about your storm. Take courage that Jesus will be with you in your storm, that he'll come and involve himself in your storm. Take courage that Jesus will speak to you in your storm. The Bible said, Jesus said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Now, when you take courage, you end up doing the right thing even though you're scared to death to do it. That's courage. So keep doing the right things in the middle of your storm. Keep doing what Jesus has already told you to do. Don't give up. Don't quit. So that means keep reading his word in your storm. Keep going to church and worshiping him in your storm. Keep serving others in your storm. Take courage and keep doing the right things because you know that God has come to help you and that you're not going to sink. The second thing he wants you to do is this. Then take a risk. Take a risk. When you're most afraid, when the waves are coming into your boat, take a risk. Now that's what Peter did. He stepped out of the boat into an even more dangerous place to do what? To get closer to Jesus. To get closer to the storm walker. To get closer to the water walker. To get closer to Almighty God. Peter said this, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now, can you imagine what a rush that was for Peter? <laughs> can you imagine to be the first person in history, the first person ever human to walk on water? And to walk on top of stormy, raging waves? Can you imagine that? But notice what Peter says. Before he gets out, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. In other words, before taking the risk, Peter wants to check out his ID. Lord, show me your ID. Is it you, God? Okay, God, if it's you, then I'll get out of this boat. But God, if it's not you, I'm not coming. 
So he checks the Lord's ID. Now, Peter didn't doubt the possibility of a miracle. He doesn't doubt that he can walk on water. Also, if it is the Lord. But he just wants to make sure it's Jesus out there on top of the crashing waves. Now, let me translate. If God tells you to go out and do something new, maybe like start a new business, you need to say, Lord, I'll jump out of the boat and I'll do this. But first, I've got to make sure it's you telling me to do this. Because if it's not you, I'm probably going to sink. If it's my idea to start this business, you haven't promised to bless my ideas. So God, if it's you, I need to know for sure that I'm hearing from you. You see, too often we get an idea and then we ask, God, bless my idea. (laughs) Don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Do what God is blessing. Amen? Do what God is blessing. Say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. So if it's you telling me to do this, then I'm out of the boat. God, I'll I'll join you. I'll, I'll do whatever you're asking me to do. And that's what Peter did. Peter learned the most important lesson you need to learn from this text. And here it is. It is safer to be with Jesus out of the boat than in the boat without Jesus. Amen? It's safer to be with Jesus out of the boat than in the boat without Jesus. So when you're in a storm, do all you can to get close to Jesus, even if you've got to take a risk. Do all you can to get close to Jesus. And then next, write this down, then train your eyes on Jesus. When you're in a storm, put your eyes on Jesus, keep them there, because the moment you take your eyes off Jesus, you're going under. (laughs) You're going down. The Bible said this, when Peter looked around at the high waves, his situation, he looked at his storm, he was terrified. He was full of fear, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Peter messed up by looking around. See, every time you look around at your circumstances, you're going to be filled with fear, and you're going down, down into depression, down into despair. Now, what changed to cause him to sink? Nothing. Same waves, same storm, same darkness, same boat, same Jesus, same Peter. One moment he's walking on the water, everything is fine. He, he's, he's just jazzed. The next moment he's sinking. What's the difference? What he was looking at. He started looking around. He took his eyes off of Jesus. My question to you this morning is, in your situation, what are you looking at? If you look at your problems, you're going down. You need to stop looking around and start looking to Jesus. You need to stop trying to figure it all out yourself, but instead, trust Jesus. So if you're spending more time reading the newspaper than the Bible, you're going to sink in your life. If you're spending more time just listening to talk radio on the way to work than listening to the Lord, you're going to sink in life. If you're spending more time watching the stock reports than what God is doing, you're going to sink. Train your eyes to stay fixed on Jesus. And then last, what's he want you to do? Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. And then listen really close to this. Trust that Jesus is truly concerned about you. About you, about your storm, about what's hitting you. The Bible says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Did you catch that phrase? Jesus caught 
Peter. Even though Peter had messed up by taking his eyes off of Jesus, Jesus still caught Peter. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much he's concerned for you. He will not let you drown. He, God Almighty, will reach out his own hand and he will catch you and hold you up. And beyond that, the Bible says that when Jesus climbed into the boat, probably with Peter in his arms, the wind died down. You see, Jesus not only came to them, he not only caught Peter, but he also calmed their storm. He stopped the very thing that had saturated them with fear. So listen close. When you get Jesus in your boat, your storm's going to stop. Amen? When you worship Jesus in your boat, the wind is going to die down. When you get Jesus in your boat, things will change. Trust Jesus in your storm. And you say, well, pastor, I've been doing that. And, and yet, you're right, he gives me peace, he carries me, but not all my storm is gone. Well, you know, I've learned through life that sometimes the Lord lets just a little bit of your storm stick around. You know why? Because if he didn't, you wouldn't stay on your knees praying and trusting him. You wouldn't keep your eyes fixed on him. You'd just say, oh, man, I'm home free. Everything's great. Everything's cool. And you go on your own merry way. So sometimes he lets just a little bit of the storm stick around to help keep your eyes fixed on him. Trust Jesus in your storm. He says, do not, do not, do not fear, even when there is something to fear. Because Jesus is so concerned about you that he, God, will come to you and he will help you. So do not fear. Instead, trust Jesus in your storm. Will you repeat that after me? Trust Jesus in your storm. Let's do it again. Trust Jesus in your storm. Bow with me for prayer. As we pray, would you just really let it sink into your soul that Jesus is so very much concerned about you. As I pray this prayer, would you consider praying it in your heart? Lord Jesus, right here, right now, I commit to not fear, even when there's something to fear. Instead, today, I commit to keep my eyes on you and to trust you, Almighty God, my storm walker, my catcher, my storm calmer. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful that we have a God who has this much concern and love and care for us as you. Lord, as we leave this place, let it just ring in our hearts and our minds that you care. You see, you care, and you come. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen.